Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org for a written version of the roundup that has links to all the stories we're about to discuss. Let's go to our first piece of the week, anti-trans bills take toll. Transgender Health published a study exploring how trans and gender diverse youth feel about recent anti-transgender legislation that has advanced at the state level in many places across the U.S., including bills aiming to ban gender-affirming care for youth. The youth described feelings of hopelessness, sadness, and fear as a result of the rhetoric that they see coming out of these campaigns, uh, and they see these as attacks on their identities, rightfully so. Um, the article also discussed how uh, these uh, interruptions to gender-affirming care that these bills um, present if they're enacted into law, um, they, they talked to the youth about how those would impact their overall health, um, well-being, their lives. Uh, the participants urged policymakers to stop trying to control their personal decisions um, and to police their self-identities um, with this type of legislation. Next up, White House marks Day of Remembrance. The White House published a statement recognizing November 20th as Transgender Day of Remembrance while mourning the loss of the 46-plus transgender Americans who have died due to violence so far this year. As part of the recognition, the administration also shared a report highlighting some of the concerns it has heard from transgender advocates over the past year, including with respect to healthcare access and discrimination, relating to the, the story I just shared at the top of this roundup, also um, highlights the policies that the administration is working to advance as a result of, of these concerns from advocates. Next up, research for awareness. Pride study marked Transgender Awareness Week uh, also earlier this month by sharing some of the novel research that has come out of that initiative. As you probably know from previous editions of the podcast, the Pride study is a project that's aiming to collect more data on LGBT health. They say that the program has allowed researchers to examine a lot of issues, um, things such as eating disorders and pregnancy, that previously had very little inclusion of trans populations because most research does not include questions on gender identity, not to mention sexual orientation. One recent study that uh, came out of this work examined the words that trans and gender expansive people use to describe different parts of their body. They found that many use non-medical terms, which may be more detached from terminology that's traditionally been gendered either as male or female, uh, which doesn't apply to them. Another study coming out of the Pride study found that trans people were more likely than their cisgender peers to have gotten an HPV vaccine, and that they were more likely to have done so if they searched for information on social media rather than online in general, which is a pretty interesting finding. So there's lots more um, research available from the Pride study, and you can also sign up to participate yourself if you want to share your information and help grow this body of research that's being done. In our next story, an LGBT retirement community revisited. U.S. News reported on the vanishing LGBT retirement community known as the Palms of Minnesota, which was touted 20 years ago as the first of its kind, but has since struggled as many original residents have passed away and the new developers have reduced LGBT-specific marketing. 
Experts say that housing initiatives for LGBT adults often struggle because they can't legally prioritize LGBT folks or ban others from uh, living there. The only thing that they can kind of do is, is market it as being LGBT friendly in hopes that LGBT people will come and that others uh, may be not disencouraged from coming, but may, um, you know, get the sense that that uh, housing development is not designed for them in mind. Um, but advocates say that despite the difficulties, um, as the Palms of Minnesota demonstrates uh, in creating this type of initiative, that these are really important because LGBT older adults have unique issues, they face stigma in the community, um, and that's what drew retirees to the Palms of Minnesota to begin with. And our next story examines transgender mental health. LGBT Health published a study finding that compared to cisgender white adults, several subpopulations of trans adults, including those who are white, American Indian, Alaska Native, or uh, checked other or multiple races or ethnicities, had higher odds of frequent mental health distress, as well as lifetime depression diagnoses, and that's after controlling for sociodemographic uh, differences that sometimes explain some of these uh, higher levels of, of issues am among um, transgender adults. Few studies have looked at trans mental health among different ethnic and racial groups, um, and researchers are, are calling for more study to address this issue and continue to look at um, subpopulations within the overall transgender community. Next up, smoking differences among LGBT Mexicans. A study of adults in Mexico found that sexual minority people who smoke there were likely to have um, depression more so than uh, heterosexual smokers. They also had a couple specific findings, such as gay men um, were more likely to exhibit smoking dependence, bisexual men had higher dependence with respect to e-cigarettes in particular, and lesbian women were more likely to smoke menthols. The results again show the nuances in looking at subpopulations um, within our broader LGBT community, in this case um, with respect to tobacco products, which we know is an issue because the community disproportionately uh, uses these products due to years of um, aggressive and manipulative marketing, um, as well as some of the mental health uh, stressors, uh, minority stress, uh, all of that that we, we talk about elsewhere on the podcast. Our next story looks at new HIV treatment bringing choice and hope. ABC News reported that an injectable HIV treatment is now being offered for the first time in the UK, where eligible participants can receive a single shot every month instead of taking a daily pill to treat HIV infection. A similar but monthly regimen has been recently approved by the FDA in the U.S., the injection provides a new option in the fight against HIV, which of course disproportionately impacts trans individuals and sexual minority men, among others, uh, but it will not be possible um, or the best choice for everyone, including of course those who have trouble getting to their provider's office to get this shot every month uh, as it's approved in the U.S. or every other month as it's approved in the U.K. Next up, heart health among trans folks. Healy reported on findings shared by the American Heart Association suggesting that trans individuals have some increased risks with respect to cardiovascular health. 
For example, those on estrogen hormone therapy are more likely to experience blood clots. And overall, trans people reported elevated body mass indexes, or BMIs, um, which of course is a risk factor. They also note that trans people who are undergoing gender-affirming hormone therapy are more physically active than trans people who are not using such care, statistically, looking at the research that's available. And this suggests that uh, expanding gender-affirming care could uh, mean more exercise and better cardiovascular health. And of course, that's just one more benefit of the many benefits we know about gender-affirming care is people feel more comfortable in their own skin, they face less discrimination and stigma, less violence, and so maybe they're more likely to, to go to the gym or, or just they have more mental uh, energy to put forward the physical energy to, to go out and get some exercise. So um, another benefit there, um, we're, we're reminded um, by the American Heart Association. Our next story, woman denied surgery in case sexual orientation changes. Irish Central reported on the story of a lesbian woman who sought a hysterectomy and was denied care by her provider who said that she may quote unquote change her sexual orientation in the future and wish to have children, which a hysterectomy would prevent. The woman who is seeking the surgery to deal with chronic pain said that she was given no medical reason for being denied care, just the provider substituting his own judgment for hers. Her story has gone viral on social media, with many sharing similar stories and concerns about the competence of healthcare providers to treat LGBT people. And in our final story for the week, examining suicide deaths in Tokyo. LGBT Health published a study finding that between 2009 and 2018, gay males made up the majority of deaths due to suicide among LGBT people in Tokyo, with transgender people also at high risk. There were also differences in risk and protective factors when comparing LGBT people and others who died from suicide, which could present ideas for interventions targeted at the LGBT community. However, researchers cautioned that the numbers um, that they have are likely underreporting suicide deaths in the community. Of course, this depends on someone being identified as, as being LGBT, um, and so you know there, there tends to be a lot of underreporting in that situation. And they said that better data would be a really important step in making progress on addressing uh, this issue. That concludes another edition of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to follow up and check out any of those stories yourself. And don't forget to tune in next week for another edition of our Roundup.